Well, hello, everyone. Happy 2018. Oh my gosh, here we are. <laughs> I have to tell you, I hesitated a little bit um, getting in front of this microphone, wondering if I still could put this voice out. I haven't been on the air for uh, quite some time. Not since last year, as a matter of fact. Uh, welcome, everyone. This is Alexis Brooks. So delighted to be back with you. And this, our first a brand new episode of Conscious Commentary of the New Year. I hope you all had a beautiful a holiday, if you celebrate in any way, shape, or form, and an equally beautiful uh, ringing in of the new year. Listen, there's, uh, as we all know, a lot has indeed been going on um, really in the past, at this point, three weeks, close to a month. I'm, of course, talking about what some are calling the landmark disclosure, right? You know, that famous New York Times article story that broke on December 16th. It is has been indeed uh, close to three weeks now. Glowing auras and black money, the Pentagon's mysterious UFO program. I have to tell you when, uh, when I got the little breaking news headline, as many of us do on our on our smartphones these days, I was in the car with my husband. I can't recall where we were coming from. And I thought to myself, what? What is this? That was my first reaction, of course. Unlike many uh, of you out there and many of us in the ufology community. First surprise, shock. And then, of course, I read with great interest, uh, word for word, this uh, fairly uh, substantial article. And I thought, okay. All right. This is going to take a while to digest, um, particularly in terms of the what this is all about and why now. And I'll be frank with you. You know, I've talked to a few people, um, both uh, via phone and in person, and of course, via email. It, it was a little tricky because we were heading right into the holidays. And interestingly enough, I was just uh, heading toward wrapping up the recording phase of uh my dear friend and associate Miguel Mendonces and Barbara Lamb and their book, Meet the Hybrids. So I thought the timing, of course, to be quite synchronistic uh, with uh, the luxury I had of juxtaposing this very, very mechanical, typically uh, government-ish story uh, that some are calling disclosure with this very personal, intimate, and to me, far more important, uh, anthology of what this is all about when we talk about the reality of non-human intelligence. You all know that I prefer to use that term as opposed to the the term that has been bantied about in uh, commercial, in the commercial space of ETs or aliens at all. Anyway, I I just found having the, having the, um, the privilege of recording Barbara and Miguel's uh, manuscript, Meet the Hybrids, uh, was incredible. The timing was incredible. And of course, having the privilege of doing it was uh, completely humbling. But the messages meant even more to me um, as I was, again, comparing the authenticity, the consciousness aspect of this big, huge story uh, alongside glowing auras and black money, the Pentagon's mysterious UFO program. Now, look, I'm not going to spend this time bashing either the authenticity or the motivation for uh, writing 
this story. And as, as we all know, uh, this story, uh, this headline went pretty much wall to wall in terms of the coverage, at least for this period of time um, in the mainstream news. There's another article. It, it looks like it was released the same day, but I want to say it was perhaps after the New York Times broke the story by the Washington Post. Washington Post, head of Pentagon's secret UFO office sought to make evidence public. Well, there have been a cornucopia, obviously, of articles, both um, sort of repeating, you know, the chronology and the background of this so-called secret program. And then um, subsequently, you know, interestingly, I'm looking at another, uh, this is an op-ed page from the New York Times on December 23rd, uh, entitled Flying Saucers and Other Fairy Tales. I find that interesting as well. Um, I didn't even read the, through the whole article because it sounded like the author of this particular article was more in love with his being so wordy than um, and, and pithy and tongue-in-cheek than in getting to the real seriousness of what we know is a much bigger story than is being portrayed here. Like I said, I'm not going to bash these folks. But of course, I want to bring attention to uh, some of the thoughts of people, my colleagues uh, in the ufology community, as well as some of you, I have solicited some um, some comments from you um, on my Facebook page. Um, I'm not going to read them here now because I do want to get into it. And they're all important. I, I love um, some of what you what you all said. And I'm sure we're still looking very intently at this this story. Um, and, and what may be behind when I say this story, I mean, the impetus for their wanting to bring this information out now. Why now? To me, that's probably one of the biggest questions in terms of motivation. Um, but I do want to quote and I'm going to quote in this particular uh, conscious commentary several individuals um, that I'm uh, that I know, including Miguel Mendoza. In fact, I emailed him this morning and asked if he'd be willing to give me a quick synopsis of his thoughts on uh, what this is all about. I was also able to procure um, a couple of additional um, insights from uh, two individuals that I am familiar with. Um, Rebecca Hardcastle Wright, who I'm sure many of you are familiar with, who runs the Institute for Exo Consciousness, as well as Susan Manowick. Manowick, I hope I'm pronouncing that properly. She did an excellent, excellent uh, conversation, kind of a sort of roundtable with the the dark journalist, along with oh Alexandra from Forbidden Knowledge. I can't think of her last name. Anyway, I'm going to put a link uh, to that uh, interview. Uh, where they really dug in deep into the motivation, motivations, plural, of uh, the release of this, this program via the New York Times at Al. I loved, I loved what both of them had to say, as well as uh, uh, Daniel from Dark Journalist, very intelligent, high level conversation. But you know what, I'm going to dive right into something Susan said, Susan Manowick, uh, from the New Energy Movement. Um, as far as, first of all, I want to get into something that she she said. I'm going to quote her a couple of times here. She said, as far as uh, her history with this subject, uh, I think Daniel had asked, or dark journalist had asked her, uh, or, or made the comment that she has been 
a part of this field for quite some time. In fact, she worked with a legendary psychiatrist, Harvard psychiatrist, now the late John Mack. She's deep. Uh, I, I need to learn more about her. We're aware of each other, but we've never met face to face. Um, but I loved her perspective, uh, sort of in response to uh, Daniel's at, uh, commenting that, you know, he wanted her way in, obviously, on her thoughts about the story, and uh, commenting that she has been a part of this field for quite some time. But she said, you know, here, this is true. But she says, I've tried to look at the genuine research. I've tried to be connected to the collective contactee experience and less focused on the lights in the sky and more focus on the information gleaned as people have been shifted, as they've been changed, as they've been walking with a different awareness than they had previously. She was saying that, and she said quite a few things I'm going to quote here, in response to when we think of the, oh, on the record, I suppose, ufology community, we think of organizations like MUFON and UFO Congress and many others, and, and all of which have very good aspects and are, are great at bringing people interested in these subjects together. But as we know, folks, there is a whole other contingent to this community that sort of tends to rail against, as she put it, the lights in the sky as the phenomenon um, and is more interested, as I have said many times, in the experiencer aspect of the phenomenon and what the phenomenon and the largeness of it has the ability to shift in us, of in humanity. Let me tell you, I, I really hope you watch. It's a little bit long with the dark uh, journalist Susan Manowick's comments uh, about really kind of feeling as do I, that this article or series of articles, a story that broke, was a bit uh, condescending, patronizing, particularly to those of us who have been on this side of the research and looking at the complexity and the multidimensionality of the experiencer, the encounters of the experiencer, many of them lifelong, and the way that it has profoundly shifted their uh, their whole paradigm, their entire worldview, their universal view. What is this all about? I'm going to get into this a little bit more because there's just so many angles to tackle here. One of the things that, uh, getting back, I want to go ahead and continue quoting Susan. Because, I mean, look, the article is really uh, supposedly a, a revelation <laughs> for whatever reason. Uh the revelation was uh, imminent and needed to come out now, and we're going to come clean. And yes, there was a secret program. All of $22 million were spent in black budget, and many of us have commented that's chump change when it comes to black budget uh, allocation. I'm not going to get into that, and I actually don't, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on chopping up all the things that they went into in this article. You've read it, and if you haven't, I'm sure you can you can get it. I'll, I'll link it as well, so you can read this. This is the original New York Times uh, article that broke, the story that broke on December 16th. But I will say this leading into the quote that I want to reference of Susan's, and that is the inference overall of this article is that there was a need to have a, a program such as this due to uh, a sense of threat on the part of if there do exist what they call extraterrestrials. Um, you know, some people 
that I know, and I'm not going to name any names, but this has been bantied about quite a bit since this story broke, feel that this is really a preamble to the possibility of weaponizing space. I don't know. Certainly, it seems that the tone of the article, I mean, there are many things that you can you can infer from it, but the tone of it overarchingly points toward uh, technology and using technology as a defense mechanism against whomever and whatever is out there. And this is the thing that Susan so eloquently brought out that we need to wake up and, and get a get a hold of ourselves here for those of us that are really like get stoked over this story. She says, I'm going to quote, once again, we're looking at UFOs and extraterrestrials, and she's referring to the story and the, 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 the inference of the story. We're looking at UFOs and ETs as a threat, right? Or at least that's what they want us to look at, uh, possibly as a threat as opposed to seeing the greater implications of what's happening and going on, which, as we know, that type of information has been suppressed for a very, very long time. That type of information, the information that you all hear through my guests, and other commentary that we've had on this show, that type of information that deals with consciousness, the scope of consciousness, the vastness of consciousness and how we're connected to it and how many of the individuals who have professed in many cases, lifelong contact uh, have gotten a greater handle on what consciousness is and how to expand it. And the fact that we are expanded consciousness, that perhaps these variety of what we some of us uh, refer to as NHIs, non-human intelligences, have taught us through their through their ways. Not only the benevolent ones, but even the ones that may not uh, be so benevolent. We've learned something. Gosh, we've learned so much more through experience or testimony, as well as our own experiences uh, experiences about the true nature of reality. Going back to what Susan said, damn it, <laughs> this is not about lights in the sky. And I just, you know, interestingly, as many of you know, I, I just showed up on Jimmy Church's Fade to Black. This is going back a couple of months now. It seems like just yesterday when he posed the question to me about what got me into this this field. And I was clear and unequivocal, the experiencer aspect and how how absolutely imperative it is that we not only understand the validity of these experiences to the experiencer, but to be able to honor them and not shun or ridicule the experiencer. That's what brought me closer to this. Understanding the depth and dynamic of that interaction and how it can in an instant change one's paradigm of understanding who we are, what we are, why we're here, our ability to travel the stars is perhaps real right now. And some of the things, some of the, 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 um, the things that people have gone through, railing against their experiences, bullying. I, I talked about an individual that uh, you, you probably have heard me talk about who will go unnamed, who after being so enthusiastic and exuberant about uh, her newfound experience or, or history aligned with non-human intelligences, feeling comfortable enough to talk to her friends about it, uh, she was bullied to the point where she wanted to leave her hometown that she had been for 30-some years. 
Do you think that this kind of a story that broke in the New York Times is going to lessen that effect? Moreover, do you think that both the authors of the this story and others in the mainstream media, as well as the people behind this program, have one ounce of care toward the evolution of humanity based on whatever information they have? Do you think at all that the motivation was altruism? Come on, people. We know that's uh, not the case, unfortunately. I, I wish I could say I wish I could say it was. There's another quote I want to find here on the flip side, because again, I'm going to do my best not to bash the story or the efficacy of the story or the motivation of the story, but rather use it as a springboard to talk about the bigger story, something else that Susan referenced. People have no idea how dynamic, how large this entire phenomenon is. Most importantly, uh, most importantly, the part that has to do with the consciousness of the non-human intelligence that is most certainly interacting with a multitude of individuals. Here's something that Vanessa Lamort, I better be pronouncing this right, because she was one of the hybrids that I had to voice in this book, and I can't recall him. Vanessa Vanessa Lamort, I'm pretty sure. She's a Reiki master teacher, shaman. She's here in the United States. And she was one of the featured hybrids in Meet the Hybrids. Here's what she had to say. This is part of uh, uh, Rebecca Hardcastle Wright's very thorough press release that was forwarded to me, where she got quite a few quotes and weigh-ins from individuals based on this story breaking. This is what Vanessa says. She says, this disclosure, speaking of the New York Times article, offers us a new opportunity to bring exo-consciousness to the conversation. Exo-consciousness. While it most certainly feels agenda-driven and may not represent the whole truth, this is still a major permission slip for us to bring what we know even more public. When I read it, I thought, talk about glass half full. That's great. And I actually, I'm with her there as well. I'm, I'm all over the place with this. I'm, the jury is still out on this. But I love her perspective, and it, I'm not surprised at all after reading her incredible story, uh, reading it again and again and recording it for the book. Uh, so humble, so genuine, so wise, glass half full. Sure, I, most of us that are on the altruistic side of this entire phenomenon are looking to to pluck that aspect out of it. We don't trust the government. <laughs> I doubt any of us do. But it could be, as I've said many times, not a this or that. We don't have to take it as a this or that, but a this and that. Yes, it may be agenda driven, but it is an opportunity to bring the bigger conversation to the public. I wonder if that's going to happen. This brings me to another point. Okay. So the story was released December 16th. We'll be quickly approaching a month since the story has been uh, uh, broke. There have been a number of articles. It did go uh, pretty much viral for the day, at least a day or two. But my question is, and I haven't gone out and surveyed people, but how many people, A, were even aware that this story broke? And B, how long did it remain in their, uh, on their minds? I have this feeling that it went right over their head that they just maybe snickered and moved on. 
unfortunately, not to mention the news cycle is so damn fast these days that they won't give you enough time to really chew on any particular story. They want to move you along at their pace onto the next narrative. So where I absolutely agree with Vanessa uh, in that we do have an opportunity to use this story, given that so many people still they may not trust the government, but unfortunately are indoctrinated to the point where they still feel like if it's an official story, it's something that must have some teeth or some legs to it. Maybe we can take that trust, even though I just said that most people don't trust the government. I don't know. It's, maybe it's both. Um, and use that, put, put this headline in their face and say, okay, look, guys, for whatever reason they did this, now we can have a conversation about how much deeper this thing is. That is the opportunity, one of them. So that's something to think about for sure. I'm going to look at my time here, even though I'm way over. But you know what? Let's keep this conversation going because I want to read some more quotes for you. Um, Speaking of Miguel Mendoza, like I said, I had to get his way in on, uh, and he's from the UK. Of course, this story went viral, so it was all over the place, um, all over the world um, in a a New York minute. (laughs) He uh, sent me some great comments that, uh, uh, which was part and parcel, I think, of a a Facebook commentary that he had made. Let me just read them to you, one through seven, because I think all of them are worth chewing on a bit. Here's what he said. Miguel Mendoza, author of the book, Meet the Hybrids, co-author, along with the book, uh, two-volume set, We Are the Disclosure, of which yours truly was featured Disclosure is already happening, people. So let me read what he had to say. Number one, he says, disclosure from the top down always comes with an agenda. And in government military circles, the true agenda is never revealed. Although it is ultimately about engendering fear, dependency, and entrenching the power and position of the authorities concerned. Two, the most trustworthy disclosure, as far as I'm concerned, is bottom-up disclosure. True disclosure is someone sharing their experience with another, whether privately or publicly. Three, those experiences most often, according to Free's Experiencer Survey, that is uh, the Edgar Mitchell organization that's too long to say right now, (laughs) that has a a, a landmark, uh, very in-depth survey. Those experiences most often lead to profound, positive, personal transformations of consciousness, Among other things, experiencers become less materialistic and competitive and more concerned with the well-being of life on earth. Number four, he says, this is what he had to say. Knowledge of this would have little interest for the authorities, as it is the opposite of the fear dependency agenda. Go back to that article and what do you get out of it? Number five, we are all assembling this picture by adding our personal pieces, our experiences, and the journey that goes with it. Number six, the authorities therefore have no complete big picture either and are unlikely to offer the public the peaceful, hopeful, interconnected picture that the majority of experiencers do. And finally, he says, number seven, Is it therefore up to us to continue building this picture and sharing publicly with one another? I'm sorry, this is not a question, it's a statement. It is up to us to continue building this picture and sharing publicly with one another. 
with the aim of expanding personally and collectively and adding to the common message of hope and oneness that is offered by this phenomenon. And he he ends by saying, this is my view today. And based on limited information, I trust it will continue to develop over time. Well, truth be told, Mr. Mendoza, your view has not changed at all. You have stayed steady to your narrative, which is to me the most authentic and genuine. And that is this big story to reiterate again and again is not about, not about, certainly not just about lights in the sky and craft in the sky and sightings of such things. But what perhaps occupies those craft, some of them, some of them don't even need it, by the way, and what they have to impart to us, what we can learn and mold ourselves to be as a result of it. And, you know, I almost wish they never used the word disclosure in this regard. Because I think, again, it has a stigma attached to it that disclosure, real disclosure can only happen from an authoritative source to hell with that. And I think most of you in the audience, my audience know, uh, and perhaps agree to hell with that. We are the disclosure. But here's the rub on this. Here's the rub on this, folks. Unfortunately, we're still in the midst of living amid a general public. I want to think of, see if I can remember a quote that I just heard just the other day. Um, not mine, somebody else's that said, unfortunately, the general public doesn't know much of anything. And that's by design. I think that was the quote in the context of some of this other stuff that's been hidden for so long. Unfortunately, the general public doesn't know much of anything, and that's by design. And if you think that this article is going to crack the door open, save for Vanessa's quote, which I like, to people, uh, the general public knowing a lot more about a little something, that's not going to happen. We are going to need a movement afoot with big numbers to bring the true efficacy and the true breadth and scope of this phenomenon to the consciousness of the masses. Now, what that's going to take, I don't know. And again, going to lean back on Vanessa's quote, perhaps if people are paying attention to it, which I'm, I'm doubting that the, I, I think if I, if I were to go downtown Boston today, it's a little too cold to do that and stand outside and do sort of man on the street interview and say, hey, did you, did you see that article in the New York Times about you, the UFO secret program? Why do I have a feeling that probably seven out of 10 would say no? I don't, I didn't read that story. And even the three out of 10 that maybe did, or maybe some other story, or maybe heard it on the news, because it was on the MSMs, some of their, their broadcasts, they, they probably say, yeah, I, yeah, I read, yeah, I saw it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I always knew we weren't the only ones out there. I always knew we weren't alone. I, and God bless all of you. If I hear one more person say, and that's the extent to what they have to say, feeling virtuous and saying so, I don't know what I'm going to do. Because invariably, when I bring the subject up to people, in proper context, of course, they'll feel so good about saying, oh, yeah, I always knew, you know, or they'll say something like, oh, it would be selfish to think that we're the only people, we're the only um, intelligence here. Yes, you're right about that. But that's just the beginning and the end of the conversation. 
Do we know how deep this stuff goes? And that's what I say to people. Do you have any idea? As I have listened to countless individuals, some of them in tears, talk about their firsthand encounters with non-human intelligence. Do you have any idea how deep this goes? How life-changing this has the opportunity to be? And the fact that it's time for us to wake up to this reality, ironically, the organization that was mentioned, the person's name wasn't mentioned. I'm not going to mention that person's name. It's called To the Stars Academy. And I got news for you. There are many experiencers that I've talked to that say they've already been to the stars vis-a-vis their non-human friends. Hmm. Yeah, it sure would be selfish to think we were the only ones here. But if we're going to get past that little comment, we better start bracing ourselves for the much bigger story. I got news for you. It does not begin nor end with glowing auras and black money and the Pentagon's mysterious UFO program. Nice try, New York Times. No dice. We are the disclosure. Let's start sharing, acting like uh, we mean business, and ushering in the greater society into a greater reality. And let's make 2018 count in that regard. I had more quotes I was going to read, but I'm going to hold off now because... uh, I'm getting a little emotional about this. There were other things I wanted to say, but let's leave it there. We're going to, this is not going to be the last conversation. Ooh, I'm way over, but that's okay. This will hopefully be the beginning of quite a few conversations that I will be holding, both through Conscious Commentary as well as Higher Journeys Radio. So stay tuned, folks. Uh, As always, I want to hear from you. Weigh in, give me your thoughts on the story. I'm going to try to not encourage too much criticism on the mechanics of the story and more on here. Here's a question I'm going to put out. What do you think constitutes true disclosure? Forget the government, forget the mainstream media. Where, where and how is this really going to happen? As a matter of fact, the next time I'm going to say this and then I'm going to close this up. The next time we have this conversation, maybe, I want to get into some of the other reasons of why now. And let me just leave you with this little teaser. What if there's a metaphysical component in the timing of all of this? I'll leave you with that question. That may have nothing to do with the Pentagon or the government or Harry Reid or anybody else. What if? Now that'll be an interesting conversation. I'll leave it there. Hey, I'll see y'all over on Higher Journeys Radio next Wednesday, where we will be chatting with intuitive and author of the new book, Transparency, Penny Pierce. And I'm going to probably bring this, going to have to bring this subject up to her as well. So we'll continue the conversation there. All right, I'm out, everyone. Thanks. And again, Happy New Year. We'll talk to you soon.